0: to The Journey podcast. The Journey is a college and young adult ministry of South Crest Baptist Church. We hope this podcast helps you find your greatest pleasure and purpose in Jesus. All right, y'all can be seated. Hey, again, we're so glad that you're here. Hey, can y'all give it up for our worship team? They did an awesome job, didn't they? Yeah, I missed that a blessing. I get to come up after that every single week because it's awesome. Thank you guys for what you do. Um, hey, I introduced myself earlier, but again, my name is Cole Rhodes. I'm the journey pastor. It means I lead our college students and young adults here. Uh, me and my wife, Caitlin, back there. Maybe can you give a wave? She's back there. Yeah, we've been married about six and a half years or so. This past May, we just had our beautiful little girl. Her name is Eleanor Jean Rhodes. Uh, she is awesome. She, she's amazing. She's, she's growing a lot. She's crying a lot like she's a baby you know what I mean it's it's awesome and so uh since I've seen many of you uh, even over the course of the summer I would say a lot of things have, have changed but one of the beauties of this is that we've gotten to go through a lot of changes just as the Rhodes family um here in a ministry that I love I, I love the journey um I love Southcrest and I, and I love Lubbock. I hope to be here for a very long time, having only been here just a few months. And so here's a few things that you may find helpful uh, to know for the future. Some of this, you, you may know this, you, you were like an older sibling and you saw your younger siblings as a baby, but when you have a baby, uh, your life changes like forever. Okay, so here's the thing. I now look and I see a diaper In a totally different manner, like I get, especially if I see a full diaper, there's kind of some PTSD that kind of comes with it, like, oh, I got to change that, you know what I mean? Like, I I look at, like, baby, like, shampoo at the store, and I, like, uh, immediately flooded with, like, memories of, like, Eleanor's first bath, and, like, it was just terrible. She was going crazy the whole time. She was kicking and screaming, like, she, she didn't want a bath. I think about sleep, Sleep for me has forever changed. And for some of you that are new, you're gonna find out in college, sleep for you has forever changed, all right? I used to think that I was tired from only five hours of sleep, and I'm like, I would die for five hours of sleep now, right? Like just consistent, uninterrupted, beautiful sleep. But hey, those are, those are negative things. Let me tell you some, some other things that are great that have changed for me and a good thing. There's, there's also those, those moments where I hear my baby girl crying in the afternoon on Friday or Saturday, those are my days off. And you're supposed to let her cry it out for 15 minutes. And I, the moment I hear her crying, I run in and I go and I, and I hold her and, and she's looking up at me and she's glad that I'm there. And I mean, the first time it dawned on me, all right, this is not part of the sermon, but I'll go here anyway. The first part, time I was so quick to run to her because she's my daughter. She belongs to me. I was so quick to run to her and hold her because I'm her father and she's my daughter and I wanted to be with her. It reminded me that's how God's love is for us. He's so eager and wanting to run to us and love us. And so being being a parent and, and, and being a dad has totally changed our world. It's given me a new perspective. And so here's something that you can relate to right now that I would say, raise your hand if you think yeah, your world in the past six months or so has forever changed, right? That's almost all of us, right? There's a little something that we love to say called COVID-19. All right. So a lot of us, be honest, we now look at a medical N95 mask totally different, right? You know what I'm talking about? When we hear the term social, social distance, like we kind of cringe a little bit like, oh no, not one of those places. Like we go to, to Walmart or wherever it is, Market Street and United, they're big here and we see the circles that we have to stand in. We're like, what, what is this? And we hear social distancing. When we hear just the word virus, I think that has a whole new meaning. When we hear the word pandemic, it's not something that we read in the history books anymore. It's something that we've been going through, right? Y'all nod with me, y'all with me? Y'all tracking with me? And so in many ways, our world has totally changed. And so here's the question that I want to introduce tonight in lieu of getting to our big question. And that is, when the, when the world is changing the way it is, what are some things that don't change? That question makes sense? I just listed, those are, what I just listed, it's the tip of the iceberg. There's so many other things. Social media has changed, how we interact with each other. It's an election year. That creates lots of change in the climate. In other words, in a a changing world, what is our purpose? Like, why do we exist? And and here's a question I want to lean into tonight. Some of you kind of know this, and some of you, it's your first night. Why does the journey exist? Like, why are we here after all of this time, after all these past several months, there's a lot of other great college ministries here in town doing similar things. After all that's happened the past couple months, so like why are we still here? That what the band just did, like playing incredible music, what I'm doing now, what, what purpose does it serve and why are we here? Why is what we do here something that hasn't changed and something that never has to change? And so the beauty of it, and if you're first time here, you know this, what we believe and hold is that scripture gives us answers to life's most important questions. It is our foundation for truth. We, we, we go to this, it's, it's perfect, it's without error, it's literally God breathed. That word means theonustath. It's if this, when you read the pages, God has spoken, it's almost as if his breath is left there after you turn the pages. That's the metaphor scripture gives to us and, and talks. And so what we're gonna do tonight, if you will open up your Bibles to Philippians chapter three, verses seven through eight, we're gonna get the answer to this question why does the journey exist? It's a guy by the name of the Apostle Paul. A lot of you probably heard of him. And he picks up in verse 7 of chapter 3, Philippians chapter 3, verses 7 through 8. He says this But whatever gain I had, I counted it as loss for the sake of Christ. I need to slow down a little bit. I'm still here turning pages. I'll wait just a second. Let's read it again. Verse seven. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. And so as I look at this passage, answer to the question, why does the journey exist very clearly from this passage, I believe we get our most important value, our, our vision, our, our mission is that is the journey exists so that college students and young adults may find their greatest pleasure and purpose in Jesus. That every single person who walks in here would look at this passage right here. I believe this best captures this idea that we would find our greatest pleasure and purpose in him. What this sums up is that, hey, we're, we do a lot of things, like you, you've seen some things that we do here, like we've, we've been on campus, we've had a big event Thursday, we have nine school, we have games and food and all that stuff, but the purpose of all those things is ultimately that we may come together and put Jesus at the center of that. We're Jesus people around here, we're about him. And note, note this, Paul said that Whatever gain he had, accomplishments. You gotta think about, like this guy was Jew of the Jews, Pharisees of the Pharisees. And some of you are like, I don't, I don't relate to that. Okay, so he was like, it would be like, picture Steve Jobs, um, RIP, right? All right, like Apple, you, you catch me? And he's at the end of his life. And let's just say that he, like, Jesus, is not a true narrative. All right, I'm just using an example. And he looks so he meets Jesus at the end of his life. I'm trying to go left to right. I think that's how you're seeing this stage. He meets Jesus at the end of his life. And he looks back at all he's accomplished through Apple, like, which, by the way, is one of these things, which are pretty awesome, all right? And he says, if I lost Jesus at this moment but got all of those other things and accomplishments, I would consider it loss. Everything, like Apple. Can you picture that? And so in Paul's world, that's what he's saying. He's saying all that you can hope to be, all that you can, you can set your goals. I'm an Enneagram three, I set goals. I like to achieve and accomplish. And so if I were to set out and do everything that I wanted, but if I didn't have Jesus, Paul would say that is a total loss. That was a total waste of your life. And so what, let's, let's go a little bit further. I think some of you are resonating with that, but some of you just bear with me. I think what people interpret Christianity as a lot of times is I'm, you You kind of see the church thing you kind of understand like okay they they read the Bible they sing some songs and they they hear some kind of message about how they should live their lives and what happens if you're not careful Christianity gets interpreted as this I'm going to do good things for God right and so the trouble with that is you're, you're always wrestling. You're trying to make your life about how good of a person you are. You're kind of outweighing you're good and you're bad. You feel guilty when you don't go to church. You feel guilty when you do things you know you, you shouldn't and that's a long list of things many times. And so what happens is when you make Christianity about you and what you do for God, you totally miss the entire point of the Bible and it's about what God has done for you. What has God done for us? From the very beginning, God has created us in his image. We were created by him and we were created for him. We were created to worship and serve him with all of our lives. And you know what we did from the very beginning? You know the story of the Garden of Eden, Adam Adam and Eve? When you read that, don't say, oh, I wouldn't have done that. Guess what? We're Adam and Eve. All right, we're, gonna, we're gonna mess it up. They were given a perfect paradise, everything they could have wished for. Hey, don't eat of one tree. And they went and ate of the one tree, the one thing we're supposed to do. We're Adam and Eve, we, we, we enter this earth that God made for us, we're created by him and for him and every single one of us before we met Christ, rebelled against him and sinned against him and here's the beauty of this, that, that, that's the bad news because whenever we sin against God, we're separated from him. He's righteous, he's holy, he's perfect, his standard is perfection and so we could not have a relationship with him and his punishment has to be poured out on us. We rebelled against him and in steps Jesus. In other words, God made a way. The death that we deserve, Jesus came down and died for us on the cross. Whenever God looks at Jesus on the cross, what happens is the punishment we deserve, he poured it out on Christ on our behalf. And what happens there is when we believe in Jesus and what he did for us on the Christ, there's this complex word, I'll break it down, it's called his righteousness is imputed. In other words, it's given to us. I want you to hold on to this. It is, it's just blow your mind. The righteousness of Jesus, the perfect life that he lived was given for everyone who believes in Christ to us freely when you believe in what he did. And so check this out, when God the Father looks at you, he kinda looks at how I look at sweet Eleanor, and he, I love and adore her, he looks at us as children, he looks at us as perfect and without blemish, and that's not enough for you, you're like, oh, he just died, no, three days later, the tomb was empty, amen? And so what that means is that the death he died is just not some dead guy who said he was God, he rose from the dead, and he defeated sin and death for all eternity, and you're like, dude, you got to the gospel really fast, and you're like, you're, you bet I did. Because if we don't go there, if we don't, if we don't tell what that is, then none of this stuff matters, okay? And so in order to find your greatest pleasure and purpose in Jesus, you got to know what he did for you. And every single one of you, I got to believe there's some people that haven't believed in that in this room. The invitation is open. He says, come and believe in me. Believe that I died for your sins. Believe that because of what I did for you on the cross, you can be brought back together in relationship with God. Believe that because I rose from the dead, that you now have resurrection power flowing through your veins and you will live forever with me. And that's that's a lot to cover that I just covered in about five minutes or so. But that, in essence, is what God has done for you from the pages of Genesis to Revelation, which is the, all the books of the Bible from beginning to end. And So because of what he's done for us, students, because of what he's done for us, we, we not only find our purpose in Jesus, we not only do for Jesus, but we find our pleasure and delight. Because it's in believing in the, in the finished work of the cross, that G, what Jesus did for us, we believe in that, and then we live our lives for Him. That's our purpose. All right, and so my application first for you before we go anywhere. What is the journey about? Why do we exist to delight in Jesus? So I'm welcoming you into that. If that's not something you've done before. To delight in Him, to treasure Him, to find your greatest pleasure and purpose in Him. And hey, I, I get it. I've been there. Some of you are like, I think especially some of the guys, dude, pleasure and purpose. Like those are weird words. Those are kind of like. I don't, I don't really feel comfortable with those. Like, I get what you're saying, but how about I put Jesus at like a top three, right? Hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go backwards. I'm gonna retro for you guys. Did y'all, y'all know about MySpace, right? You know about MySpace? Used to have like top friends and stuff like that. I'm dating myself. I know that's not relevant. I don't think MySpace is still, I just, I know, I'm good, I'm good. Um, but used to have like top friends and all that. And even when Caitlin and I were dating, we've been dating a long time. Like when she switched me a little bit higher, I was like, oh yeah, all right. You know what I mean? But... <laughs> Like, I never, I never made it to that number one. Okay, I'm, anyway. Um, it was her best friend, JC. I'm still bitter. Um, yeah, she knows. She knows. I was checking it every day, like, refresh, refresh. And it took a lot longer to refresh, you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't my like internet today. I sound so old. Um, anyway, so what I'm saying is we kind of approach Jesus like, I'll put him in my top five or so. But but greatest pleasure and purpose, like making our whole lives revolve around him, our, our number one thought. really want to stick to that metaphor, you just have, you just have one, really, no, no, no one else. He's, he's number one, he's above everything else. Some of us, we don't relate to that. You kind of want to have this comfortable Jesus that you can kind of shape and mold to, to kind of fit exactly where you want him to be. I want to point you to something. In verse eight, do you see that word rubbish? Say, uh-huh, if you see it, uh-huh. All right, let's try again. Say, uh-huh, if you see it. Uh-huh, you see that word rubbish? Uh-huh. So this word actually comes, I love this word. It's, it's skeevula. Can y'all say skeevula? Okay, it's pretty good participation. I'll give you that one. All right, so one of the most vivid translations of this word, all right? I'll kind of back off a little bit, but I, I've, I'm father of a newborn, as you, I've mentioned like 10,000 times already, all right? Basically, it'd be the equivalent of a poopy diaper. All right? That's one of the most vivid translations of this word. And So here's what Paul's saying. He's saying to to choose anything else over Jesus is like dumping into a pile of dirty diapers when there's a treasure trove of just gold over here of all the riches of Christ. That's what he compares it to. Y'all see that? And so how does that conflict with this idea of like, Jesus is a top three or so for me. If you're diving in the sewage when Christ himself, in himself, offers you treasure. Isn't that beautiful? See, this is not just Paul. This is actually our standard for Christians. You see that? To see him as anything less than your greatest pleasure and purpose is to see him for what he isn't, he's not. Like you, you read the scriptures and like, that's not the Jesus of the Bible. If I'm putting him as anything less He's worthy, students. He's worthy of our highest affections, our utmost devotion. And so the journey exists to find our greatest pleasure and purpose in Jesus. All right? If y'all are with me, say amen. 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 All right, cool. Man, I must be preaching good. I'm just joking. Hey, so how, how does this flesh out in our ministry, I'm going to stop here and let you know most weeks what we do is we open up a passage we go straight through it and it's very clear from the text and I, I love doing that and some of you are probably looking for churches that do that it's important for you and it's important for us what this more is is I want you to know through the lens of scripture what we're about okay and so what I want to lay out for you from here from that foundation of finding Jesus as our greatest pleasure and purpose some things that we're about here okay y'all game for that all right So why does the journey exist? Um, I've only been here since January, but a couple of years ago, uh, we used to be called Southcrest University. We changed our name to The Journey because we wanted to be a ministry for college students and young adults. We started picking up um, s- some momentum. Uh, Brandon Hayes, who's over there you give away, that's Brandon, he's our next-gen pastor. He's an a- awesome, just amazing, godly guy. He preaches at um, the venue on Sunday mornings. I'll tell you more about that later, but he used to have my job, and, and him and another great team of individuals that worked for The Journey, they began getting on-campus and meeting other people and what happened very quickly and a beautiful thing is they not only had good spiritual health, but they had a lot of numerical growth. And so as that began to happen, they grew very rapidly. It was amazing to see God's favor and blessing on this ministry. One of the things that he saw and that I saw when I came here is, hey, here's another reason why we need to exist. The journey exists to be better before bigger. Okay? In other words, Right here where we're at, we're, we're not we're like, hey, let's do this event and that event. Let's start this kind of ministry and all this stuff. No, we're saying, hey, what are we already doing, God? And we're open hands. Lord, help us grow. Help us become better. And the beauty of it is just since January, we've laid that out. I've had so many conversations with so many of you giving ideas and helping us and coming, coming alongside us to help make that happen. Um, let me flesh this out a little bit. Um, who's ever read the book of Acts all the way through? just parts of it. So in Acts chapter two, verse 42, uh, what what the author Luke does for us is he gives us a glimpse into the early church. What he basically does is he's recording all these, probably the most important events in his mind of the early church. And we see this beautiful picture. All right, I'm just gonna go over and read it for us. Acts chapter two, verse 42. You can read it with me if you'd like. It says this. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And so I want you to notice a few things that that we see. We see teaching, we see fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayer, okay? So, what we want to do, if that's basically what the early church was doing at its core, is anything we do in church and ministry, we want to do that. Is that fair, right? Yeah. And so what I believe is that is what we do in our small groups that we call connect groups. And that's what we do in something that we call discipleship or trail teams here at The Journey. So instead of creating all these new things, we're looking and we're asking, how can we make Acts chapter 2 verse 42 a reality? So on Tuesday nights, devoted to the teaching, all right? Nothing special or unique about my teaching, but you go into your connect groups and you talk about the sermon. You devote yourself to wanting to learn from God's word. You have fellowship with one another. You hang out, you have community. You break bread and in every single place that you meet. Here and anywhere else, you pray together. You pray for each other. We try to make Acts chapter, chapter 2, verse 42 a reality. And, and, and i am got to be honest with you, God, God is so smart because his, his plan works. This is what the church has been doing from the beginning. And so here's my application for you. What I want to say, and uh, Brandon and I were talking about this earlier, he's, he's seen this a lot. I've already started to see this. Here's my challenge for you. I don't know where this idea came from, but there's a temptation to take a whole semester, even sometimes a whole year, to find out where you're gonna plug in the church. And there's there's times where you'll, you'll come here and it's like, hey, how's it going your first year? No, I've been here a year. And it's like, man, that's, that's a bummer. Still trying to find somewhere to plug in. And I think it's good to keep an eye out on, on some things. But guess what? I'm gonna tell you, I have, I don't have anything to lose in telling you this. There's a lot of, bible gospel saturated churches here in Lubbock my challenge to you is just pick one and go if you really want to I'm not going to stay here if you want to know some names of other ones you don't like this one I'll tell you some names all right my, my point is I believe that we do that here okay we're we put Christ at the center we're gospel saturated and we want to connect you and help you find your greatest pleasure and purpose in Jesus so my challenge to you very practical guys two weeks is long enough Get plugged in, jump in. Because for us in the journey where we're going, man, we'll, we'll say hi, we'll, we'll bring you in. But like starting next week, the train's leaving the station, all right? We got places to go. We got things that God wants to do that, that I've been praying about that I just see where he's taking us. It's beautiful. All right, so that's my challenge to you guys. Jump in, jump into community and you can actually start tonight and connect groups. And, and you may ask like, Okay, connect groups, discipleship, is that all you're going to talk about? Like we just saw this awesome band, like there's a lot of events you probably do. Okay, here's the reason why I focus on those things. As I believe when we do these things to get better before bigger, what we become is a mighty force for the gospel. Because what we're saying to God is we're we're saying to him, hey, you wrote the game plan in Acts 2? We're going to do that. We're going to trust you with it. And then, and then he can do some cool things, all right? And so when we're a mighty force for the gospel, we can do exactly what our last purpose is. We all turn with me to Romans chapter 10, verses 14 through 15. Romans 10, verses 14 through 15. This is Paul again. You picked up on it. I really like Paul, all right? He says this in verse 14, how, how then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? He's talking about Jesus. How will they call on Jesus? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have not, never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. And so why does the journey exist The last piece I want to share with you tonight is that the journey exists to reach the unreached. There's a reality, guys. I want you to know you are in, even if you're not a believer in this room, you guys need to see this. You are in the elite minority of the entire world. Like what we just did here. This facility, the the music, the lights, the the Chick-fil-A, like all the stuff outside, everything. Like we are in, when you look at Christians around the world, what we can do, especially someone's laughing about Chick-fil-A, especially Chick-fil-A, all right? What we do is and are able to do is is so, so unique. We're such a, a reached culture. But somehow, even within your culture, even in Lubbock, even in this university, There are people that have never heard the name of Jesus. And so let's flesh that out. What Paul says, if you work backwards, he says, someone has to be sent. Someone has to preach. Someone and then others hear and believe and call on Jesus. And so what Paul uses is simple logic. He says, we have to be sent out, out of our comfort zones. And we did this last week on the campus. Many of you did. We have to be sent out and get out of the rut of the stereotypical path to living the American dream, the dream that you're gonna be told, buy it, buy it, buy it, live for this. We have to get out of that rut and be sent out so we can share the gospel so that the lost can hear, so that the lost can believe in Jesus and call on his name. It's it's simple math. If you haven't noticed, I I say that with an urgency. Um, There's a guy by the name of David Platt. Anyone heard of David Platt? Yeah, that's cool, several of you have. Uh, one of my favorite authors, we have two of his books over there in the commons area, but one of the things he was asked one time, very serious question, when we're talking about people that are unreached all around the world, some even in America, but mostly overseas in different places. We're talking people who haven't heard the gospel, and you gotta answer the question eventually, What what happens when they die without hearing the gospel? And so David Platt was approached by somebody and they were like, David, you don't understand. Surely, 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 for the the innocent man in Southeast Asia on a remote island, for that innocent man who's never heard the gospel, he's he's still going to go to heaven, right? Like, it's okay that he doesn't know Jesus because there was there was no way. Like, he's an innocent man, and and David Platt resigns backwards. He says, "You're right. You're telling me there's there's an innocent man." who's never heard the gospel? Yeah, yeah, if he's an innocent man, he's fine. He's gonna go be with Jesus. And he looks at the guy and he says, here's the problem. An innocent man doesn't exist. So where am I going with that? If you remember the gospel, all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And the the great news, the good news that you just heard, I want you to know something. There are at least two billion people on this earth They have never heard the gospel that we just preached. At least two billion. And those are conservative estimates. And so the the question that I pose to you is, what are we gonna do about it? (laughs) Amen? What are we gonna do about it? What's gonna happen here at the journey? And you're like, man, this brother's coming out strong. It says, man, I want you to know everything about us. I don't want there to be any secrets. I don't want you to come here and think, oh, they got some chill vibes and like realize, oh man, these people are serious about Jesus. I want you to know that now. We are. And so the question that I'm asking, the question that's been asked is, what is it that we do here that's gonna make an impact somehow, some way on, on the guy in Southeast Asia who's never heard the gospel like that matters? What are we going to do to be an impact on that $2 billion to where maybe someday it's, it's not $2 billion, but it's $1.9 billion. You feel me? And so my encouragement to you, as you jump into your freshman year, you're probably looking for purpose. As you're coming back for second year, third year, fourth year, maybe still finding purpose, is to live your life with some urgency, brothers and sisters, to make your life count for eternity in your I know it's like, dude, like, okay, the, the two billion thing, I don't know where you got that from. I can show you where I got that from. But like, is it really that important? Like, is it really that urgent? I think that's the wrong question. Because you know what I want to say at the end of my life? I, I, I want to say that because I, I opened my, my heart and opened my hands that, that Jesus was gonna say to me someday as I stand before him that he was able to use me, that by his grace... He used me so that someone who didn't know him came to know him. That someone who was unreached was reached. That someone who was blind can now see. That someone who was lost is is now found. Don't you want that? do you want Jesus to be able to say that to you someday? So why, why does the journey exist? The journey exists to reach the unreached. Reached, And we, we can always be about that. You see, that's a purpose. That didn't change during COVID. Whatever hits next, like there's a hurricane coming. I don't know what that looks like. It's crazy. There's like two of them. Like I've never seen that before. Like no matter what happens, we could still exist to reach the unreached. And, and here's, here's the thing. I, I can say all of these things. I, I'm, taking, I'm taking a risk because I'm, I'm telling you all that we're about right here that as much as i can as best as i can i can say all these things but we need to connect the dots tonight to what i've just said what we've read from god's word we need to connect those dots to your life so everything that we've said we need to connect a line to what you're going to do right now and so here's something i want to read for you um there's a man by the name of of john piper And back in 1998, he gave a sermon that's kind of been known as the Seashell Sermon. But really his title of it was Don't Waste Your Life. Some of you may have heard of it. (laughs) And uh, this was at the Passion Conference, 1990, I've heard of Passion, like pretty big gathering. Uh, If you've heard of Piper, you've probably heard of him because of this sermon. And so he addresses students your age, young adults close to many of your age. And this is something that he says, and it's what I wanna close with some thoughts tonight. This is a manuscript, I'm gonna read from it directly. Another big breath, and he began. You don't have to know a lot of things for your life to make a lasting difference in the world. You don't have to be smart, or good looking, or from a good family, it's good for me. He told them, you just have to know a few basic, glorious, majestic, obvious, unchanging, eternal things. And be gripped by them. And be willing to lay down your life for them. So five minutes in, he laid out this comparison. I'm about to read that nobody forgot. He reads this story. He says, three weeks ago, we got news at our church that Ruby Ellison and Laura Edwards were killed in Cameroon overseas. Ruby Ellison, over 80, single all of her life, a nurse. She poured her life out for one thing, to make Jesus Christ known among the sick and the poor, in the hardest and most unreached places. Laura Edwards, this is the other lady, a medical doctor in the Twin Cities, and in her retirement partnering up with Ruby, she was also pushing 80 years old and going from village to village in Cameroon together. The car and the the brakes gave way over a cliff. They go and they're dead instantly. And I ask my people, this is John Piper speaking, is this a tragedy? He repeats the story. He summarizes, he says, two women in their 80s almost, a whole life devoted to one idea, Jesus Christ magnified among the poor and the sick and the hardest places in 20 years after most of their American counterparts had begun to throw their lives away on trivialities in Florida and New Mexico, they fly into eternity with a death in one moment and he asked is this a tragedy what's your answer yes or no what do you think no said the crowd knew the answer they called out no he said it is not a tragedy tragedy sorry piper affirmed i'll read you what a tragedy is y'all lean into this he pulled out a page from reader's digest any y'all know what reader's digest is it's not really a thing anymore okay he says, "I don't know where he got it." He said he picked it up in the doctor's office or something. And it's, he read it to them. This is a story in there. Bob and penny <laughs> funny names. Bob and Penny took early retirement from their jobs in the Northeast five years ago, when he was fifty-nine and she was fifty-one. Now they live in Punta Gorda, Florida, where they cruise on their thirty-foot trawler, play softball, and collect shells. He told the crowd, "That is a tragedy." He says, and there are people, I want you to lean into this in this country on your campus that are spending billions of dollars to get you to buy it. And I get 40 minutes to plead with you. That's Piper's. 40 minutes to plead with you, don't buy it. With all my heart, I plead with you, don't buy that dream. As the last chapter before you stand before the creator of the universe to give an account of what you did. Here it is, Lord, my shell collection. And I've got a good swing and look at my boat don't waste your life Piper said the words quietly tucked in before he barreled into another memorable anecdote and this one about a plaque that featured a quote from C.T. Studd that said this only one life will soon be passed only what's done for Christ will last Students, many of you need to make a decision tonight. What you need to ask yourself is are you going to spend your time in college finding your greatest pleasure and purpose in Jesus or something else? What are you going to make your life about? Is it gonna be founded on something unchanging or fleeting? Why do you exist? How are you going to make your life count for eternity? And if any of those questions resonated with you in your heart, if you care about any of those questions, I'm gonna tell you tonight, I'm gonna simplify it. The journey is for you. And I invite you to join us. God is up to, to something big. I, I'm stoked to see what he does this year in our ministry, on the campus, and in the world through us. That quote, I wanna finish with it. It says, only what's done for Christ will last. Don't waste your life. Make it count. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for these truths. As we enter in a time of response and worship, God, lead our hearts. For myself, for everyone in the room, I'm praying that you do something through the Holy Spirit to open up our hearts and hands and have us say, God, wherever you lead, I'll go. that will want to make our life count for eternity. I'm praying for those in this room who maybe don't know Jesus, that he can't be their greatest pleasure and purpose because they they just learned tonight what you did for us. And so I'm praying that you'd lead them to the cross and then to the empty tomb so they might see their risen savior. They must see you, Jesus, for who you truly are. That's what we're gonna do. We're gonna worship you for who you truly are now in this time, Lord. We love you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you are encouraged by today's podcast. If you'd like to learn more about the journey, check us out on Instagram or Facebook at The Journey LBK. Thanks for listening.